to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, One Church family. Happy Sunday to you all. Wherever you're at today, it is so good to get to speak to you. And uh, I am so thrilled that we get to join together today in this way. I know so many of you are joined together in house church, and I hope that you are just experiencing the presence of God. And uh, we're going to turn to the Word in just a moment. But before we do, I want to share with you just an update on a few things as we have entered into the month of November. Can you believe that it is already November? Uh, I am excited about that for a couple of reasons. Number one is I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and of course our Friendsgiving, our annual Friendsgiving celebration coming up in just a couple of weeks on November 20th. So I hope that you'll plan to be a part of that. Uh, You can get all of the information at the events page of our website and we're looking forward to that. But also Christmas is right around the corner, the holiday season. We are moving into the holiday season And I am excited about that, not just, well, first of all, I'm excited because uh, we are celebrating the reason for the season, that is Jesus. And uh, I am looking forward to being able to do that. But also, we're on the verge of moving into a whole new season as a church as we move into uh, 2023. And all of you know that we've been in a building project this year. We've been pressing forward in that. And I want to just give you an update on that today and uh, in part a budget update and also a schedule update. Uh, First of all, uh, I want to give you a budget update. You may remember at the beginning of this year, we shared with you our Vision Builders 2022 goal. And we had a big goal, have a big goal for 2022. And that is an overall goal of $500,000. That's a big goal but we've got a big God. And so we are in faith that with God, nothing will be impossible. Of course, that's not the number of what we need to move into the building. That's the number needed to fulfill, you know, all in the total vision to to do everything that we want in that building. But we broke that down into phases. And the first phase uh, was uh, a goal of about $300,000, and that was to complete the construction, all of the construction upgrades and things that uh, you know we had to uh, add to the building. Some of those things were required by code, fire sprinklers and um, storefront doors and new garage doors and all of those things that would total, we were guessing, around $300,000. So I want to bring to you the exciting news today that we had a budget meeting this week and as construction is progressing, that we are on target to meet all of those objectives and to complete all of those upgrades. So really that is the completion of phase one of our vision builders goal. And that is just an amazing, amazing goal, an amazing accomplishment uh, that God has allowed us to reach this year. And so I want to say thank you to you all for your generous contributions for your faithfulness and praying and giving and supporting in this season. And uh, we are so excited that we are going to be able to complete 
the construction. And uh, on the schedule side, uh, many of you know we were hoping to be in in the month of December, but anybody that's ever done a project like this knows that there is a lot of variables. Things like hurricanes that delay uh, concrete delivery and things that are really beyond our control. And so we're not going to hit the, de the December target, but we are looking to complete construction in January, which is exciting because in the month of February, we are celebrating 10 years as a church. And so I am so excited that we are going to be moving into our building and moving into a new season in February of 2023. And so I want to give you that update uh, in part just to celebrate, uh, to, to let you know what's happening, but also so that you can uh, continue to be in prayer, to be in faith for all that God has ahead of us. We are moving forward and um, just excited about what God is doing. Also, I want to mention it to you uh, because I know some of you maybe have committed in your heart. You want to make a gift. I want to tell you, there's never been a better time to contribute towards this. Uh, we have uh, reached that budget to complete the construction, but we are still pressing forward with all of the what we call FF&E, furniture, fixtures, equipment. That's cafe equipment. That's chairs. That's uh, playground equipment. All of the things that you know, aren't required for construction, but are needed to really make the building uh, work in its fullest capacity. It's like moving into a house. You buy the house, you do the renovations, but then you got to furnish it. You got to get a sofa, you got to get a table, you got to get the plates and silverware, all of those things. And so uh, if you have said in your heart before the Lord, you feel that you want to contribute something, or maybe you've already given something and um, you, you feel stirred as we come to the end of this year, you want to give something uh, this year, there's never been a better time to do that. And so I just want to say thank you again so much for your uh, faith, for your consistency, for your prayers, for your generosity. And I can't wait for us to be able to be together in person. It's going to be awesome. Well, if you have your Bible today, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, I want to continue the series that I started several weeks ago that we're calling Teach Us to Pray. And that statement, uh, the name of this series, really comes out of a request of the disciples. Or we could say it this way, a prayer of the disciples to Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray. And that was, as I've shared with you, the only thing that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to heal the sick. They didn't say, Lord, teach us that fish and loaves thing, or maybe the water into wine thing, uh, although that would be cool. They said, Lord, teach us to pray, because they understood that Jesus's power, the power in his life, came out of his prayer life. They understood that if they learned to pray, everything else that God had for them would be released through their prayers. And so as we are in this series, um, this is not just a series, it's really a prayer, even in the name, teach us to pray. It is our cry, it's our, our desire that we would be a people of prayer. You see, prayer is uh, the, the means that God has appointed uh, for his purposes to be accomplished on the earth. Prayer is the thing that brings heaven to earth. Uh, prayer is the thing, the means that brings uh, God's uh, power into our problems. It brings 
uh, his eternal purposes into our present reality. And so if we want to live in the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, we need to learn to pray. We need to say, Lord, teach us to pray. And whether you've been a follower of Jesus for 50 years <laughs> or 50 minutes, I believe that should be a perpetual desire of our hearts. Lord, help me to pray. Teach me to pray because I know that when I learn to pray, I will experience your power. And so we've talked about a few aspects or a few lessons in prayer over the recent weeks. We talked about uh, waiting on the Lord. Uh, the book of Isaiah says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And I shared with you that oftentimes one of the greatest hindrances to prayer is simply we're too busy. We don't make time to wait on the presence of God. And so we talked about waiting and the need to wait on the Lord. We also talked last week about the prayer of faith out of the book of James. He says that uh, the prayer of faith will save the sick because Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed that it would not rain and it didn't rain and he prayed that it would rain and it did. Why? Because he was praying the prayer of faith. And I shared with you that prayer is, yes, about relationship, but it's also about results. God wants our prayer life to produce results. And I want to kind of pick up on that today. And uh, I want to look at a passage of scripture that may be familiar to you in Ephesians chapter 6. And it's a passage that the Apostle Paul talks about uh, the armor of God. And here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to move quickly down to the verse I want you to see today. But Ephesians 6 verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And here's what I want you to hear. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I want to speak to you today about another aspect or another lesson of prayer, and that is what Paul calls here praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. In this passage, Paul's talking about the, the effectiveness of our prayer lives. He's talking about the war that is being waged in the spiritual realm, the war that is in the unseen realm that affects what is happening in the seen realm. And he says the problems that you face in life are actually the result of a spiritual conflict that is being waged. And he says, we've got to learn to fight in that place. And he lists all of the uh, armor of God, but then he tells us, where do we fight? He says, we, we fight in prayer, praying always with all prayer in the spirit. And so what Paul is saying is that our prayer life is not boring, dead, 
uh, pointless, that our prayer life is uh, energetic, it is effective, that it is the greatest power on earth. The most effective thing we do is our prayers. And uh, I don't know what you think about when you think about prayer. Uh, you know, maybe you hear that and you say, Justin, I, I hear Paul, I hear you, but that's not what my prayer life is. Uh, my prayer life is not exciting. My prayer life is not enthusiastic. My prayer life is not energetic. Uh, maybe if you're honest, you feel like uh, those uh, words are not words that describe your prayer life. Maybe you feel like dead, lifeless, uh, impotent, weak. Those are the kinds of words that, that define your prayer life. Well, I have good news for you today. There is hope. And Paul gives us the hope if your prayer life is stuck in that dead, dry, lifeless, uh, going nowhere type of place. And it is that phrase, praying in the Spirit. If you want to get out of the place of lifeless prayer and you want to get into the place of powerful uh, exciting prayer, you need to learn to pray in the Spirit. Well, maybe you hear that and you say, what in the world does that mean? Well, I want to point out to you that that word Spirit, when Paul says pray in the Spirit, of course, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's capital S, a person. But the word Spirit uh, in the original language is the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. It's the same word that we get uh, pneumonia or pneumatic, like a pneumatic tool, because the word pneuma means wind, uh, breath, uh, a current of air, a blast of breath. Uh, pneuma means wind. And so Paul says, pray in the wind. <sighs> pray in the wind. Now, we all know in the natural, we've experienced the effects of wind. You've heard it said before, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. And that's what Paul is drawing to mind as he's teaching us about prayer. He says you need to pray in the spirit or in the wind. And the illustration is, is the same as uh, anyone who has ever been sailing. You understand what it means to be in the wind. Because if you're not in the wind, you're not going anywhere. Uh, I'm not a sailor. Nate is a sailor and a boat, uh, preparing to be a, a boat captain, which is incredibly cool. Uh, but some of you know a lot better than I do uh, the necessity of being in the wind in your boat in order to move forward. You've got to be in the wind. Uh, you know, if you're in a boat and you're not going anywhere, if there is no wind, you're not going anywhere. In fact, sailors use the term the doldrums. And the doldrums is actually a place on the equator uh, where because of weather patterns, there is no wind in that place. And so if you are in a sailboat and you find yourself in the doldrums, uh, you're in trouble because you're not going anywhere. There is no wind. It's uh, that The word doldrums has become synonymous with just kind of dead, lifeless, um, even depressing. If you feel depressed, you're in the doldrums. And that's the way a lot of people's prayer life is. They're stuck in the doldrums. Um, but 
Paul says you need to be in the wind. There should be some energy. Just as when you're sailing and you lift up the sail and the wind comes and you position the sail and suddenly that sail unfurls and it fills with wind and you begin moving along in the wind or in the spirit. That's the illustration that Paul uses. Another illustration that I like is maybe surfing. If you've ever been surfing, you understand what it means to be in the wind or in the spirit under a power that is not your own. In fact, uh, the energy of a wave originates in the wind. It is wind energy that is transferred to the water that causes the swells to come from the ocean and crash on the beach in order for surfers to be able to ride them. And so the, the power or the energy of surfing originates in the wind. And that's the illustration that Paul is wanting to communicate to us in prayer. He says, when you pray, you need to pray in the spirit, pray in the wind. In other words, there should, should be some energy. There should be some, there, there should be some power. There should be uh, this sense of excitement, just as there is for a surfer. When a surfer drops into a wave and the, the rush of wind past him or her as he's propelled forward by that wave, that's what Paul is getting at when he's talking about praying in the Spirit. There should be energy. There should be enthusiasm. There should be a sense of excitement that, that we are going somewhere because we're in the Spirit. Well, we could say it this way. God wants your prayer life not to be in the doldrums. He wants your prayer life to drop in the spirit, to be in the wave. And if you find yourself in that place of the doldrums spiritually, I talk to people often that find themselves in that place. I want to tell you there is hope in the spirit. God has an answer for you, and it is the Holy Spirit and learning to pray in the spirit. I talked to somebody recently and they said, you know, I pray, I read my Bible, but it just feels dead. I don't get anything out of the scripture. My prayers, you know, just feels kind of boring. And I said, you've got to learn to pray in the spirit, in the spirit. And I want you to understand that. I want us as a church to understand. I believe God wants us to understand that prayer is not meant to be just boring, dead, dry doldrum routine, but there can be a power, there can be a, an excitement, there can be an energy in our prayers. In fact, I believe this, the prayer meeting of a church should be the most exciting meeting of the church because we're in the Spirit. We're moving in the Holy Spirit. There's a sense of, of power and energy in our prayers. And so I want to give you a few things out of this passage of Scripture that I believe we need to understand if we are going to learn how to pray in the spirit, if we're going to be people that don't get caught in the doldrums, but we drop in to the power of the Holy Spirit, the excitement of the Holy Spirit in prayer. The first thing that I want you to see is this. Paul in verse 18, and all of my points come right out of verse 18 of Ephesians 6. Paul starts off by saying, pray always, pray always. We could say it this way, or here's the way I would say it to you, that, that if we want to pray in the Spirit, number one, we've got to persist in prayer. We've got to persist in prayer. We've got to pray always. 
You see, you'll never move into the place of excitement in prayer or, or praying in the spirit if you don't make it a habit of praying always. To, to use the illustration of surfing, and I'm not a surfer, I don't claim to be a surfer, but I have surfed uh, quite a bit. Um, but to use the illustration of, of surfing, a surfer is not someone that just shows up when the waves are great. You know, when it's head high and glassy and tubing. That's, that's not when a surfer shows up. A surfer shows up all the time. In fact, a surfer is perpetually thinking about the surf. Uh, a surfer is checking the surf report, checking the forecast. Uh, he or she may not even be in the water, but, but they're always surfing, thinking about surfing. In fact, um, surfing is not just an activity, it's a lifestyle. Uh, people dress uh, a certain way because they're a surfer. They talk a certain way because they're a surfer. They listen to certain kinds of music because they're a surfer. I'm not saying that you have to be that, but what I'm saying is they're not just a surfer on occasion, they're always a surfer. They are, they are doing it persistently. And I believe that's what we need to be if we want to be people who learn how to pray in the Spirit. We've got to persist in prayer, not just in the epic, exciting you know, head high, glassy, and tubing days of prayer. Anybody loves to pray, pray in those moments. We've got, to be, we, we've got to be people of prayer on the days when it's difficult, on the days when life is not glassy and head high tubing, but the days when it's stormy and choppy and rough, or maybe when it just doesn't feel exciting. It's about knee high. We've got to be people of prayer all the time. I love what Ronald Rollheiser, the Catholic uh, author says, he says, there's only one non-negotiable rule in prayer. Show up. Show up regularly. The ups and downs of our minds and hearts are of secondary importance. And that is so true in our prayer life. That if we want to be people that learn how to pray in the Spirit, pray with energy, with enthusiasm, in the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, we've got to learn to persist in prayer. We've got to pray Always, you know, to be honest, many of us from charismatic or Pentecostal backgrounds can learn a lot from our liturgical brothers and sisters about the power of routine, the importance of persisting, even when we don't feel like it, even when it doesn't feel epic. Why? Because we are persisting. We are praying always. So number one, if you want to pray in the spirit, you've got to persist in prayer. Pray always, Paul says. The second thing I want you to see is this. If you want to be a person who prays in the Spirit, Paul says this, you pray always with all prayer and supplication. Or uh, the NIV says it this way, we should pray with all kinds of prayer. Pray always with all kinds of prayer. In other words, there's different kinds of prayer for different moments. And if you want to be a person that learns how to pray in the Spirit, you've got to learn how to perceive what kind of prayer is needed in that moment. Not only do you have to persist in prayer, but you've got to perceive in prayer. You've got to perceive what is needed. To use the surfing analogy even further, and I'm going to stretch it all the way out, 
But to use that even further, a real surfer doesn't just have one board. A real surfer has all kinds of boards. He has long boards, short boards, skinny boards, fat boards, floaty boards, foam boards, fishtail boards, all kinds of boards. Why? Because different days require different kinds of boards. And the same is true when it comes to our prayer life. You know, sometimes a hindrance to praying in the Spirit is that we don't perceive what is needed. We get stuck in our preference. This is my preference. This is how I pray. I'm not that kind of person of prayer. I don't pray that way. It's not my personality. And, you know, I don't pray loud. I'm a quiet prayer. Or I can't pray quiet. I can't be still. I can't listen to the Holy Spirit because I pray loud. God bless. God bless you. You know, that's my personality. And some people are stuck in that. They can't be quiet. They can't listen because they think I've always got to pray loud. I've got to yell. And if we're not yelling, we're not praying. Well, Paul says you've got to pray with all kinds of prayer. I want to encourage you. Don't let your personality limit your prayer life. Learn to pray with all kinds of prayer. Some of you may be more comfortable with quiet prayer. Well, there's moments that you have to lift up your voice. You have to, you have to um, even shout in prayer. And then there's other moments where you shouldn't shout. You should whisper. And there's other moments where you shouldn't even say a word. You just sit still. Be still and know that I am God. There's all kinds of prayer. And if we want to be people of prayer who know how to pray in the Spirit, we not only have to persist, we also have to perceive what kind of prayer is needed in that moment. Or as Paul says, pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And that's the third thing I want you to see, that not only do we have to persist in prayer and perceive in prayer, and I know I'm using P's, Forgive me if it's corny. I'm trying to give you some little hooks to hang these thoughts on. But the third thing I want you to see is that we must position ourselves in prayer. Position ourselves in prayer. Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That means you can be out of the Spirit, but you can also position yourself. You can move into the Spirit. Just like a surfer has to get in the, the, uh, when the sets are coming in, has to get in position. You know, you'll never catch a wave sitting on the sand. <laughs> you got to get in. You, you have to paddle out. And, and then if you ever look at the, you know, at a, at a great surf break, you'll see all of the surfers kind of congregated in one area because that's where they catch the wave. And they're constantly adjusting as they see another set coming across the horizon. They'll begin to paddle. Why? Because they're trying to get in the wave, in position. And that's what Paul is communicating when he says, pray in the Spirit. Get in the Spirit. Move into the Spirit. Uh, the the um, Puritans used to say it this way, that we should pray ourselves into prayer. Pray ourselves into prayer. What are they saying? They're saying that we've got to work to get into the place where the Holy Spirit is moving upon us. Just like a surfer paddles into position. And as the wave is coming, he's paddling, paddling, paddling. 
And, and the same is true. You see, I believe one of the greatest hindrances of people learning to move in the Spirit is they don't know how to position themselves for the Holy Spirit to move. There are things you can do to get into position. You can't make a wave come. You can't make the Holy Spirit move, but you can get into position so that when He comes, you can get in the Spirit. You can ride the wave of what the Holy Spirit is doing because you've positioned yourself. Now, that's, that's one of the important reasons why we gather together, why we study the Word, why we, why we meet in homes and do all of the things that we do in church because we are positioning ourselves for the Holy Spirit to come. That's what spiritual disciplines are. You see, it's not the discipline in itself that is effective, but the discipline is positioning ourselves for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. And, and I, I, I believe that just like a surfer, has to paddle. I believe the same is true in our spiritual life. If, if we want to move into the Holy Spirit, if we want to uh, pray in the Holy Spirit, we've got to go for it in the Spirit. We've got to paddle and move. Uh, if you've ever learned to surf, um, you know, you can get into position and as the, as the waves are coming, normally what a, a coach may say is they see the wave approaching, they say, paddle, 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 and that wave comes. And, and I, I want to say the same thing to you. I, I want to encourage you in your spiritual life to go for it. You see, if you think you can't catch a wave, you won't catch a wave. If you think you can't pray in the Spirit, you won't pray in the Spirit. The people, from my experience, that catch the wind of the Spirit, that experience the power of the Holy Spirit, are the people who go for it in the Spirit. And I believe that is true for every single one of us, that we need to, we need to go for it. We need to paddle. We need to press. Practically speaking, what does that mean? When we come together in worship, we don't just sit there with our arms crossed. We don't just sit there with our coffee in our hand and kind of see, well, let's see if the waves catch me today. No, we, we're not just sitting there. We're paddling. We're, we're lifting up our voice. We're lifting up our hands. Why? Because we're getting in position in the Spirit. We're positioning ourselves, as Paul says, pray in the Spirit. And if we want to be people who learn how to get our prayer lives out of the doldrums, out of the deadness of routine and, and lethargy. We need to be people that learn how to press in, paddle in, drop in into the Spirit, move into the things of God. So Paul says, pray always or persist with all prayer. In other words, perceive what kind of prayer is needed in the Spirit. We've got to position ourselves, move into the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing I want you to see, he says this, being watchful to this end. In other words, we're always watchful. Where is the Holy Spirit moving? With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The last thing that we have to do if we want to pray in the Holy Spirit is that we must persevere. We must persevere. Or, or I could say it this way, that we can build... Uh, through practice, through uh, endurance, we can build our spiritual muscles. 
you know, maybe your prayer life today doesn't feel exciting. Maybe it feels dead. Let me give you some hope. You know, when Jesus was going to the cross, he said to his disciples, can you not pray with me one hour? They were falling asleep. Their prayers were dead. But later we see as they're waiting in the upper room that they pray for 10 days. They have persevered. They've built spiritual endurance. And I believe the same is true for every one of us. If we want to be people of prayer, we've got to build perseverance into our prayer. We've got to not just go once in a while to pray, but we've got to give ourselves to the practice of prayer. You know, a person that has developed the habit of surfing, uh, their, their shoulders, their chest, their arms, their back begin to be transformed through developing muscles so that prayer is, or so that surfing for them is no longer as difficult as it once was. And maybe you're in that place today. Maybe prayer is difficult. Maybe a prayer meeting uh, is the last place that you want to be. Um, I, I want to tell you, God wants to take you into a greater place of prayer. God wants you to experience prayer in that place uh, like a surfer drops into a wave. And there is a thrill of excitement. God wants you to experience that thrill of prayer that when you pray, heaven is moved on your behalf. When you pray, God is working. He's bringing things to your mind. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, that when we don't know how to pray as we ought to, the Holy Spirit helps us. In other words, when you don't know what kind of prayer is needed, you can pray in the Spirit. And one aspect of that, of course, is praying in tongues. The Bible says when we pray in tongues, our spirit prays. Uh, a recent uh, article in the New York Times shared a study from a uh, Harvard study that studied the brains of people as they were praying in tongues. And it said that the parts of their brain that would normally be activated through speech and language was inactive. Why? Because they were praying not with their mind, they were praying with their spirit. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to move out of the natural into the supernatural. He wants us to move out of our strength and our power where we feel exhausted. And He wants us to move into the power, the energy of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to move out of the doldrums. Then He wants us to learn how to drop in to prayer in the Spirit. And I believe that's what God has for every single one of you. Can I pray for you today? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a helper in the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness. And Lord, I pray for every person in our church today and every person that's listening to this. Father, I pray for those that perhaps feel prayer is dead and dry. There is no life. There is no energy. There's no enthusiasm. It's just a chore. It's their effort trying to push through. God, I pray, would you blow upon them today by the Holy Spirit? Father, I pray that you would help us to be a people that learn what it means to pray in the Spirit, God that we would move out of our own strength and out of our own effort, Father, that we would sense the wind of your Holy Spirit blowing upon us. 
Lord, I pray today, come Holy Spirit, breathe upon us today. Let a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blow upon us. Bring us out of the doldrums. God, bring us into that place of excitement in the Holy Spirit. God, let us see everything you have for us fulfilled, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message, is, this message encourages you. I want to uh, encourage you to take some time to talk about this, answer questions, ask questions. Uh, I believe God wants to use this to speak to us. So thank you so much, church. I love you. Can't wait to see you very, very soon. God bless you.